Hey, welcome to the Babes Talking Business Podcast. We are your hosts. I am Lauren. I'm a mama, wife, author, and a network marketing professional. I'm really passionate about empowering women to step into their power and becoming self-led, self-ignited, and excited when it comes to their finances, businesses, relationships, and life. So I love we have created this space where women can come together to rise together to have real and raw conversations and be reminded of their power, their worth, and their vision when they forget. Because when one woman wins, we all win. And sometimes we just need someone to go first to show us what's possible. And I'm Shani. I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur who loves to diversify the way I create wealth. And I love empowering and teaching you about it too. I'm an international speaker, a course creator, a professional network marketer, but my favorite job of all is being a mama. It's really important for me to fulfill my life's purpose with the impact and the work that I do. But my highest value is family. And so navigating the balance between being a kick-ass woman in business and a conscious mother is where I'm at and excited to share that with you too. Hang around me long enough and I'll show you how to step into your full potential and have you cultivating health, wealth, and fortune in a soulful and joyful way that feels good. Welcome to episode 86 of the BTB podcast. This episode is all about balancing the masculine and feminine energy in your business. In fact, we talk about primarily Lozzie's new book that she's just launched, The Surrender Project. And there are so many beautiful aspects to this book because Lauren really talks about all areas of life. She talks about marriage, she talks about business, she talks about friendships, she talks about all the different things in her life that she decided to surrender to. But one of the main themes in the book is surrendering to how she showed up in her business and And just really how she decided to take action in her business. And in this conversation, we ended up honing in on really balancing and kind of identifying what masculine energy and feminine energy even is in your business and how to have a beautiful, healthy balance of the two. So this is such an awesome chat because the book The Surrender Project is just phenomenal. It is such an easy read. I absolutely loved it. I'm a big fan of the book. And so we hope that you loved this conversation and where it kind of ended up. It was definitely one of those off-the-cuff conversations, which are my favorite podcast episodes anyway. So grab a cuppa or pop your headphones in. And we just want to let you know that this is an ad-free episode, so you can enjoy the full length of this episode without being interrupted. Enjoy. Awesome. Well, she's done it again. She's written another book. (laughs) We are here today to talk about Lozzie's new book, The Surrender Project, a personal journey, learning how to slow down, trust and find power in your softness as you harness your innate feminine wisdom. Lozzie Kerr, book number two. How does it feel, babe? feels so good. I The process of writing a book is such a long one. So it just, it kind of feels surreal because it's been something I've been working on literally for years. So to finally see it in women's hands and to hear what women are taking from it, it's, it's really special. It's been so cool to read the book 
and um, actually like going back over the last few years and, and witnessing you go through all of this, but at the time not realizing like, you, how do I say this? When someone's going through a metamorphosis in front of you, it obviously takes time, right? Because it doesn't just happen overnight, like in the click of your fingers, but reading it through the pages and being like, oh my God, that event was so pivotal to her surrender project. It was really, really cool. And in hindsight, now that we're here, it's like far out. You taught me so much along the way. And I loved the book. Um, I was joking actually a few weeks ago how like since I've had Rui, I've just had no time to read, but I freaking gobbled this book up. It was such an easy read. So I loved it. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. Thanks, hun. And you were a big part of it too. I gave Shen a few shout outs in the book because Moon Magic was actually something that helped me a lot in my surrender project. It was essentially me learning how to surrender sounds pretty cliche but in all different aspects of life and um yeah learning things like the moon and some alternative modalities were some things that really helped me ground and anchor so thank you for being part of my journey and always the softness to my craziness (laughs) (laughs) it was actually really another really cool part to the book was just it was so funny because you were so real in it and you use your logic brain so much in life, right? You, it's, everything always has to be logical, but then for you to like surrender to the faith and belief in spirituality and like really exploring that part of you and your intuition and going there, like it's so funny reading you t- like throw back and forth, like, you know, go, this doesn't make sense. Oh, but I need to like surrender to this, but this doesn't make any sense. And you just like, I remember having that conversation that you wrote about in the chapter about moon magic, where we sat down, we're out on my lawn, out in the sun. And I was like, wait, we need to see where like your natal chart and where this lunar eclipse is sitting. And you're just like, what the hell are you going on about? What the (laughs) F is this natal chart bullshit? And I'm just like, just listen to me. And I remember you just being so blown away by what came up for you in your natal chart that day. So I'm so glad you paid attention. I really honestly thought you went home and thought I was just batshit crazy. <laughs> I think that's a beautiful thing about the Surrendered Project. There's so many little things that upon the two or three year journey may have felt at the time insignificant, but they all played a part and it's interesting as I read the book and even reflect myself at the end because I I I don't even recognize the person I was when I started writing that book and each of those little things like whether it was the moon magic or it was um kinesiologist or reiki healers or random like angel tarot cards I was pulling how they all when you look at them like just one-on-one they might not make such a big difference but how they all consistently had the same message throughout the book so it's it's pretty cool that I got to document it because you look back at it and you're like, wow, this stuff actually works. <laughs> so, so cool. Well, let's talk um, about specifically your surrender in business over the last few years because that is one of the very many topics you talk about in your book. Um, and I know a lot of our listeners are here because they're either in business, they're starting up a business, they're thinking about starting a business. Um, so let's rewind, let's rewind back pre COVID. And when I think about this time in business, uh, we were in very similar spaces. We were hustlers. We were go getters. We were just like that hard 
boss babe, we've got this, let's fucking do this. <laughs> and I mean, I don't recognize though <laughs> that anymore either, but let's start there. Like where did that stem from? Where do you think the core of that, um, let's call it identity, where did that come from, do you think? Yeah, such a good question. So I started writing the Surrender Project in 2019. So it was just before COVID happened. And how many years is that? Is that four years ago? So we would have been we would have been three years into business, three or four years into business ourselves at that point. And three, um, yeah. Yeah. We had all the success and we had spent four years creating that success hustling very much so I know both of us will agree well in our masculine we were doing all the do we're wearing all the hats we were like if we want something done we get it done we're very independent we took pride on it in our independence um and I think that's like that boss babe culture that we're talking about is that whole thing that like women can have it all so let's let's just do it all let's do the damn thing and that energy fueled me for so long. And I think if you reflect on like the identity, where did that come from? I think it's a big part of our generation in particular. I think we're a very unique generation of women who we actually can do it all. Like we're the first generation of women who have had the freedom that comes with the internet firstly, as a freelancer, as a coach, there's so many income opportunities these days for women to earn as well as being able to be, the mum and be the wife and earn as much as a man as well. We have so many freedoms, more freedoms, I think, than any other generation as well. Like when you think about the liberties and the choices we have compared to our mothers, um, I think women unconsciously, some of us consciously feel the weight of that. Like we know we have so many opportunities and we are so privileged. And I think a lot of us feel like if we don't take the most or make the most of it, we're kind of, we're being ungrateful or we're, when we're being um, ignorant to the opportunities that we have. But I think because of this generation is fired up and we're like, we can do it all and we can, we can work like men and we can have the same income as men's and we can be CEOs and we can be moms. I think, like I said, this generation is unique in the fact that we are trying to do it all. That's where this boss babe culture comes from. Cause like, I don't need a man. Like I sure I can want one, but I'll match his income. I'll match his hustle um, if I want something, I'll buy it. Um, so I think that's where the identity comes from. It's knowing that we have so much opportunity and we don't want to not take advantage of it because it's the first generation who has had this much opportunity. And that's where the boss babe culture kind of comes from. And I know that's where we personally were um, three or four years ago, right in the thick of it. We built a whole brand around it. Babes in business, like babes owning it. Like we were financially empowered we were independent it was a big part of our message and that's where I was when I started writing the book because despite us having success and I think that big part of identity was the reason why we had personally that was the reason why I had this my success I had spent the 10 years prior to that like the whole decade hustling like having independence going to uni getting a scholarship traveling the world by myself setting up a business like it was that independence fueled me but ironically, independence just didn't fuel me anymore. I felt energetically blocked. I felt uninspired. I felt like I could no longer do it by myself. I didn't want to do it by myself in, in business and in life, in, even in regards to my marriage. I just felt like it was a really interesting time as a business owner and as a woman where I was like, I, I don't want to be 
independent anymore. I don't find that sexy. I don't find that attractive. Like the word itself had burnt out and I was energetically blocked and burnt out myself. Mm. I think a lot of women might resonate with this because you think about the type of effort it requires to have a business, you know, get off the ground in the beginning, right? A lot of a lot of people, in particular a lot of our listeners, they're in the thick of startup or they've got a business going and right now maybe it's just earning, you know, like a part-time income or even just like casual, like a few hundred, a few thousand dollars a month. And we have this thing etched in our brain that for us to build momentum and to take off and to just really soar in business, it requires hard work. And I... I love one of your chapters because um, I giggled so much when I read this one and I'm just looking through the contents page, the one about work ethic doesn't equal worthiness. Um, I know that was a really big thing for you. So what do you think you could share with women who are in the thick of it right now who are like, yeah, like I have been hustling because I want to get my business off the ground but I want to be in my feminine. Like I want to be a mom or I want to be present or I want to nurture myself. And, you know, they're, they're stuck in that limbo of, I want it all. I want to, I want to be successful. I want the big bucks. Like I want to earn that, but I also just want to be instead of do what would be your biggest tip for those women who are like so lost in that right now? That's exactly where I was when I started writing this book. And I think um, if you have read my first book, Life Above Zero, that book is really based in psychology and it's a it's essentially a PD book. If you're a PD junkie, that's what the first book about and it is about. This book, The Surrender Project, is actually written in a, contra- a conversational tone. Like they're, they're diary entries, essentially. I wrote them in a way so you can hear my crazy thoughts <laughs> um, and you know that you're not crazy and you can identify you in my thoughts. So like I, you'll hear me throughout the book struggle with that exact thing. Like I'm constantly doing, but I want to be, and I want to be my feminine, but I don't know how else to work, but being my masculine. And if I'm not working, like, do I really deserve my paycheck? And if I don't work this hard, I had this guilt. Essentially I was, I, the whole of surrender project is me it's an experiment of me learning how to surrender. But every time I tried to surrender, I had this guilt. Um, and so a lot of the chapters, you'll hear me like trying to work it out. Like you, you can hear like Shen said, my logical brain, like teasing and pulling apart all my thoughts, trying to make sense of like, where does this guilt come from? Like, is this a self-limiting thought, a belief? Is this something that society has indoctrinated or conditioned women to think or believe is the truth? Um, so a big thing for me that I came to work out in this book was, I had this guilt around slowing down. Like I had spent the first three or four years in my business hustling, um, if that's the word you want to use, working hard was a word I used a lot to create the success that I had. And I kept coming back to, all right, now that I've got the success and I can slow down a little bit, why am I not letting myself? And so throughout the book, I like, I tease out and I, I challenge myself and obviously you two as a reader, I challenge you to think about where does that come from? And something that I identified for me personally was, and something I concluded throughout the book as well in different ways in different chapters was I do believe to get anything off the ground, you do have to work hard or you have to hustle, use whatever word you want to use. Um, but what I even mean by that is just taking inspired action. It's action and taking action is masculine. 
So building business is masculine. Action is masculine. Feminine is what is 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 the being. So it's a juggle between doing and being. And I think at the start when you're building something, you are going to be a lot in your masculine because that's the kind of energy it takes to get something off the ground. So it's what you do in your feminine outside of your business that helps balance the energies. But there's going to be a strategic imbalance at the start. So you've got to be really good at practicing some kind of self-care and being mindful of what you do outside of your business to balance your feminine. Um, but what I, what I got to a point is now that I had I had worked so much in my masculine and I had the space to be in my feminine, I didn't feel comfortable in my feminine. I didn't know how to slow down. As soon as I did, I had this guilt. And what I worked out and like you referred to in that chapter was I, I had such a guilt or I, I identified that I felt worthy of my paycheck when I was working hard for it. And when I wasn't working hard and my business grew with ease, which it did after a few years of doing the work and my paycheck was out definitely there's like a tipping we always talk about network marketing as a tipping point at the first few years it feels like you're doing lots of work and your paycheck doesn't reflect it and then there'll be a couple of years where you, it feels like you've got a job where your input feels equal to your output like you're mm. getting paid like a job and then there's a yeah. tipping point where you're getting paid way more than the input and that's like any business if you're a business and you're a ceo that's the that's a point that you want to get to you're building an asset you're building teams and so we got to that point where my income wasn't reflecting the input I was putting in. And I had this guilt around enjoying it and slowing down and enjoying the white space and a lifestyle that we, that's the whole reason why we said yes to this business for. Yeah. Because I felt like I wasn't worthy of it if I wasn't working hard. And it's actually a self-limiting belief that I found is really common in people that come from working class because we've seen our family or you've seen our parents work so hard for money. So when money comes easy, you feel like you're doing something that's cheating the system. You feel like you're doing something that um, isn't fair because my one of my beliefs was, well, if I'm working hard and I, if I'm not working hard, I make this money, that's not fair because I've seen my parents work so hard and they're not making this money. So it was me understanding and coming to the coming to not just understanding but fully believing and, and just knowing that my worthiness doesn't come from how hard I work. And money can come easy and money can come from fun. And that was a big part of, I guess, fun and um, fun and rest and collaboration and leverage. The words that you most, most of us associate with the feminine energy, which was something I just wasn't used to from working in my masculine for so long. And I think a lot of women who maybe listen to this may resonate if you are in the early stages of building your business, because like we just said before, taking action is masculine. And it, if, when you get to that point of maybe having to surrender more into your feminine, that felt really foreign to me. Mm. I think as well the whole like guilt that comes around uh, making money or or creating success when you think about your parents like that that's just a loyalty thing as well it, and we do it unconsciously sometimes I know I definitely have gone through this myself where yeah there's, it's just a loyalty and because you've got a loyalty there to your parents who did sacrifice and work so hard for you you unconsciously or subconsciously self-sabotage and so instead of allowing and surrendering to making life easy and letting it be easy 
our loyalty sabotages that because we think, oh, no, I can't. I can't let the money come in when I'm doing nothing. And so then you'll sabotage that and it might look in so many different ways. Like it might look like you continuing to work harder and even though you don't have to or just being busy for the sake of being busy, adding more to to your to-do list, like adding more projects onto your list and just burning out. And that that's the loyalty that we have. So I think it's, you know, it's really cool that you had the self-awareness and the reflection to go, okay, wait a minute. I am linking up my worth to how hard I work. So if I'm not working hard, I'm not worthy. It's just like this perpetual cycle, right? Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the difference between feminine business and masculine business because I think a lot of people are still trying to, like it's such a, um, I don't know what to call it, like I don't know, people are just really talking about this a lot at the moment. But I think a lot of people are still super confused about what the difference is. And I'm a big believer, and I know you agree, Lozzie, that it is healthy to have both masculine and feminine energy in your business. Like you can't have one without the other and you can't have more of one than the other. And, you know, where where we were functioning from all those years ago, we definitely had more masculine energy in our presence and the way that we showed up as opposed to feminine. Whereas I think over time we've evolved and you've definitely evolved. You can see the difference from your first diary entry to the 28th diary entry. You're a completely different person. So you kind of grasp the concept of, okay, I need to surrender more to my feminine. I want to infiltrate feminine energy into my business, but it's still, I think it's still really important to have the masculine energy in your business. So maybe let's talk about that. Do you want to explain um, what is your version of what masculine-based business practice looks like? Yeah. So like you said, masculine and feminine, they're just energies. So the easiest way to explain it is masculine is doing and feminine is being. And you do need a combination of both. So if you're looking in your business, I guess masculine things would be like, doing the reach outs or doing the presentations or um it's very like direction driven it's very like accomplishing hustle um accolades like that type of thing right yeah it's it's doing the action it's like moving it's it's the hustle it's the moving it's the shaking while the feminine is the creative so it might be creating the content it might be having um doing the customer care it's the real being it's 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 like filling up your cup so you're magnetic. It's also like the energy and how you show up. Like if you're masculine and your energy is forced, um, people can feel that opposed to when you're somebody who has taken the time to really fill up your cup and do the things that nourish your soul. You come from a more magnetic energy where you, people can feel it. They're not feeling like you're not manipulating. It's not directive. It's more attractive. And, I guess in regards to how that plays out in business and something that I really learned and how you get a really good balance of them both is something that I come across, I came across, but I started implementing in the surrender project of cycle syncing. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by this is if you don't know, men have a 24 hour hormone cycle. So they can, that's why they're so good at doing the same thing day in and day out. They can, they energy peaks at the same time every day. 
they're really good at having like having habits the same rituals and daily routines while women go through a 28 day hormone cycle which means our throughout our month your hormones dip and peak at different times different hormones which means at some periods of the month you're going to feel more in your masculine where you are going to be able to get more stuff done and you think more logical and there'll be other periods of the month where you feel a little bit more intuitive and you're feeling creative and you might feel um, like you need to socially withdraw and I think this is a really beautiful way of how I learned to manage the both and entwine both into my business because like we said before the surrender project you and I were both very much in our masculine even in periods of our cycle when we should have been in our feminine and softing we would be forcing Mm. and we would be pushing and we would be and that energy when you're depleted comes across when you're working with teams especially teams of women it feels manipulative like they feel that you're you're being you're just being authoritarian and women and this is a beautiful thing about feminine leadership as well feminine and masculine comes into leadership like most of us have been exposed to leadership through corporate like work where most of the men leading us or in managerial positions are men so we're learnt, we've been taught to lead in a way where it's like you do this like you take orders it's a very authoritarian way of leading um, so that's also how we were in our masculine and business to leading teams and teams of women when women actually in, there's a way you can lead women more in your feminine, which is about asking great questions and it's about nurturing and it's about validating feelings. And um, it's that emotional connection that helps women thrive. So once I kind of had the self-awareness that we were building business in a masculine way, we were leading in a masculine way and it was actually burning us out. That's what helped me get a little bit more clear. Okay, well, what is the feminine way of building business and how do you incorporate to have a healthy balance of both? And like I said, with cycle syncing, I worked out what periods or what seasons of your cycle are great for creating the content, um, writing, being intuitive, what periods of your cycle where you are magnetic, um, which is usually when you're ovulating. And that's the best time to like do your presentations to be socializing when there's other periods of your season or your cycle where you should be without the guilt, which is something I'd never done going inward and being okay with maybe a few days of the month where you clear your calendar and you're not on sales calls. And you, when I learned how to balance both and what both actually meant, business started becoming way more nourishing. I ended up, it felt way more sustainable. It felt, um, I was actually getting way more done in less time because I was doing the masculine activities in the phases of my season of my cycle where that made sense according to the hormones and I was resting and being creative and intuitive in the other cycles which were the feminine energy so hopefully that gives you a bit of insight I, I take you on a journey throughout the surrender project but that's kind of my interpretation of both and how I, I have learned definitely hasn't come naturally learned how to balance out both within my business yeah I love it. I think as well, um, you know, I was having a conversation with someone um, in our team not too long ago who was complaining that they felt like they wanted to just totally eradicate all masculine traits from their business and just sit in their feminine all day, every day. And I was trying to explain to her that like this is such an unhealthy balance like you're just not going to get anywhere just as just like we were heavily in our masculine back then when you're heavily in your feminine and there's no direction and there's no structure 
uh, there's no logic to what you're doing. There's no inspired action. Like you just don't get anywhere. And I think as well, I think people can totally think that feminine business is just like, you know, women sitting in a kumbaya circle under the full moon next to the fire. And that's not what this is. Feminine business is so much about, like you said, it's about community connection. Um, It's about tapping into your intuition, which you do so much in your book. I love like all your little signs from the universe and you, your logical brain being like, is that a sign? No, it's not a sign. That's not, that can't happen. And your other side of your brain is like, no, that's a sign. Um, But yeah, like tapping more into your intuition, um, prioritizing community and connection and feeling the emotions, being creative, like all of that is so important alongside the masculine part of business, which is very directive. Um, It's about goals. It's about structure. It's, you know, it's about getting the job done. And I think that when you balance them both so beautifully, that's, that's healthy. That's a healthy business. It's a healthy career. It's your relationships around you become healthy. You're not sacrificing your values your connection, your pleasure, your playfulness, you're not sacrificing anything like that because you have intentionally and consciously decided to balance both in your business. So the journey of you doing that from the beginning of your book where that balance is so like non-existent to the very last chapter, the metamorphosis, it's like, oh my God, it's like literally watching someone grow up. It's so cool. I love the journey. You did such a good job with it. Thank you. It was, it was so interesting. I, I've had to read it, read it at least, I'd probably say 20 times with the editing. And yeah, even towards the end, like just reading those chapters being like, wow, like I know we say like you never, you, you can grow and evolve so much in a short period of time, but it, I'm just so even if it wasn't for me sharing it with the world, I'm so grateful that I actually got to document the metamorphosis because you don't realize how far you've come. And I think the cool thing about it being diary entries is as much as my external world changed, if I hadn't have shared the diary entries, you wouldn't have known how much my internal world changed. Like Mm, my self-limiting beliefs around so much money, marriage, sex, monogamy, business, leadership, collaboration, time, spirituality, like all those things were things that like I, completely nearly did a full 360 on it in a period of two years so it's cool that you actually get to come along the psychological metamorphosis as well as the physical yeah well I mean obviously today we have spoken about specifically business and surrendering um and we, that's just like a little scratch of the surface you know the book itself just takes you on such a beautiful journey and there's like you said there's so much more in there about all the different areas of life that women bottle up. I think that we don't have open conversations with our girlfriends about it because it's taboo, things like sex and marriage and monogamy. Like you said, there's so much in this book that I think is so valuable for women. It's something we should be talking more about. So maybe um, to wrap up, Lozzie, I'd love to ask you, how do you think this book is relevant to women in today's society? Like aside from the business part, what is it about the book that you think women, why women are just like reading it and can't put it down? Like I gobbled this book up. I I have not read a book from front to back in over a year, girl. And I somehow managed to gobble it up in just a couple of weeks. 
Um, I know most people have read it in a few days because it isn't a big read, but <laughs> hey, it's a good start for me. Um, <laughs> but why? Why are women reading this book like they can't put it down? What do you think is so relevant about it? It was interesting because that's what inspired me to write it because I was having all these thoughts that I thought were taboo. But the more I was talking to girlfriends and um, it was actually funny at the same time as I started writing, um, Sex Life just came out on Netflix and it, it kind of talks about a lot of the subjects I was talking about in my book. And I was like, women are craving these conversations, like these conversations that I was having to myself that I was too scared to say out loud because I thought they were taboo. All my girlfriends were thinking the same things. We just weren't saying them. So I'm like, we just... Women are craving real talk. And I think I I think about some of the conversations or topics I bring up in the book about, yeah, like motherhood and marriage and um, w- women's financial independence and friendships and sex and business and money and all those things. Our, our generation, I feel like our mothers before us, that generation looked at TV series like Sex in the City to see those topics played out and they would identify themselves in those episodes without them having to talk about it and confide in their girlfriends. They got to laugh about it and see it play out there. So I was like, our generation of women, we are facing some like unique things, like I said at the start of this episode. And I think we're just we're wanting a platform where we can have these real and raw conversations brought to light because we feel uncomfortable having them because we think we're the only one going through them. So that's why sex life was such a big hit because women are craving rebellion like they're craving it's like there's this thing that's burning inside them where they just like they feel like they want to call bullshit and all the lies that they've been told about how they should work and how they should live and we know this it's not our truth but we're some of us are scared to question the status quo so I wanted to go first and kind of air out all my crazy thoughts and my um my I don't even know if you'd call them like raunchy spicy things um, and just go first so women could identify themselves in my thoughts and, yeah, realise that maybe just have a safe space where they can question. Like I said, this book was so different from my first one. My first one's based a lot in science and research and psychology, empowering women on, like, how to make the most of their mindset. Well, this book is about not even – there's no truth in this book. This book is about me creating a safe space for you to question your truth like, is this your truth or is this something that society has indoctrinated you to believe? Because I feel like for a lot of us, we've been led to believe that we need to work and live like men. But in the process of doing that, we're cheating ourselves out of the gift of what it means to be a woman. And what I mean by that is a woman in business, a woman in like in a marriage, a woman um, navigating motherhood, a woman in her sexual freedom. There's all these things that I feel like women aren't owning and we're not feeling liberated in those roles because we think we've got to do them like men and there's definitely another way. So I think that's why this book is is really relevant to the women reading it at the moment because it's a lot what a lot of us are navigating privately but we're just not saying out loud and this hopefully gives you an opportunity to bring those conversations to light and have a little giggle knowing that you're not alone and um, it like like the whole book is about our femininity being our superpower so knowing how to unlock that and surrender into it because I know for a lot of us we have been in our masculine for so long that that feels foreign and we actually don't even know how to do it yeah well you've definitely created a tool and a resource for women to be curious and to really have a safe space to ask themselves the questions about you know what their truth really is and 
their limiting beliefs and all of that. So let's um, let's share with everybody where can they find the book? Where can they get their hands on it? Yes, you can order it from your local bookstore. It's pretty much it's on any book distributor. So you can go to like Amazon or Booktopia. Um, I'll pop it in the show notes. The best way to get your hands on it is through the Balboa Press website or my own website. So I'll flick through a link in the show notes that you can buy it directly through there. It is coming to Audible, but it's not on Audible yet. So the best way is just to get a hard copy through there. And um, what I might even do as well, pop in the show notes, um, this episode was all about obviously surrendering in business, but um, because I love you guys in our community, I'll give you the link to our, we had a book launch party and online one, which talks a little bit more about, I guess, surrendering in relationships and the sexual energy in marriage and motherhood and all those kind of things as well. So that's something that may be of interest to you. I'll pop that in the show notes. You can listen to that conversation as well. Awesome, Lozzie. Well, awesome job. I love the book. When's the third one coming out? <laughs> You're probably like, I don't want to go through that again for a little while. <laughs> oh, but congratulations again. I'm so 